Let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you. We magnify your great name as we have gathered into your presence on today. Um, we ask that the Spirit of God would be in our midst as we seek to understand from your word uh, what it means, what it looks like to remove the labels in our lives. So Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this moment. Move from house to house, person to person, room to room. Use me for your glory. Give me the ability to communicate your word clearly to the end that people might hear your voice and that they might respond in obedience to you. Spirit of the living God, have your way. Glorify Jesus as he reflects and as he deflects the glory of the Father in these next few moments to the end that some soul would be saved, some life transformed, somebody would come and say, I, I submit, I yield, I give up. I let you be who you desire to be in my life, God. So to that end, we give you this time. Glorify yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, we're picking up the story on Jeff. I know I left everybody in a cliffhanger on last week, uh, but I'm picking right back up at Judges chapter 11, verse 29. Now, remember, we talked about Jeff. It's this guy that God said that he was this great, mighty warrior. And yet, because of some stuff that wasn't even Jeff's fault, he was labeled uh, based upon his background, based upon where he came from, based upon how he got treated and then run out of his own hometown by his own half-brothers. Uh, because of a mistake his father had made. And here he was, he had great destiny in front of him, but he couldn't get there because of the labels. Well, how does he remove, how do you and I remove the labels that are in our lives? Well, let's pick up the story in Judges chapter 11, verse 29. I'm reading from the New International Version. The Bible says, I know you've been trying to figure out all week long, how, what is this? What are you going to do with this, Pastor? What, what's going to happen? Let's, let's break it down together. Verse 29, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jeff, he crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from there he advanced against the Ammonites. Right? The first one is right there, right at the beginning of the verse, the one that you got, the easy one. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jeff. If we're going to remove the labels in our lives, we've got to give ourselves over to an authentic count encounter with the Spirit of God. We can't just sing about the Spirit of God. We can't just play with the Spirit of God. We have to give ourselves over to the Spirit of God. One commentator says it like this, that if you'll notice that this is the first time in the entire story of Jeff where Yahweh, where God, ceases to be just a passive witness of what's going on, but he actively gets involved in Jeff's life. Jeff allows the Spirit of God to begin to take over and begin to do some things and, and begin to reveal some things to him. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does when he enters into our lives, according to 1 Corinthians 2 and 12, the, Paul says it like this, and we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. One of the things that the Bible says this, an encounter with the Spirit of God will do, the Spirit will show up and the Spirit is, is given the capability to help us know the wonderful things that God has about us so that we don't have to live under the label. We can be freed from them. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says it like this, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So when we have an authentic encounter with the Spirit of God, as He reveals the wonderful things of who we are in God and frees us from those things, all of a sudden we can begin to take off some of the labels that we have 
lived with, that we have lived under, that we have operated in, that are not necessarily true to who we are, but they're just a reflection of what somebody else has said. And the Spirit of God begins to give us the freedom to be who we are supposed to be. Jeff has an encounter with the Spirit of God. But then secondly, uh, go back to verse 29. It's, it, we're still right there. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jeff. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from there he advanced against the Ammonites. Well, Pastor, I, I'm lost. Where, where are we going? Watch this. Commentators have said that if you look at the geographical issues of this one verse, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't help us understand or to track or to understand what's happening with Jeff at all. There, there seems to be no reason or rhyme why, because he was already in Gilead. Why is it that he crosses over or crosses through Gilead? Why He's already in this area around Mizpah. Why, why are these things even here? Unless you understand, unless we understand that the word for crossed, passed through and advanced are all from the same verbal root word in the Hebrew. The, the fact that they are there then helps us understand that there's a word play that's going on that points to what's happening in Jeff uh, spiritually and mentally, not geographically. Uh, the, the, the word, the same word that's used is used three different times, but in three different ways to point out three different things. Watch this. Let's deal with the first one. The Bible says that Jeff crossed. This is the idea of, of uh, one of the ways that the word can be used is this idea of crossing a stream or fording a river. The idea is to wade through. Now put that together with what he passes through. He says that he passes through Gilead. Now remember, Gilead is Jeff's hometown. It's the place where all the bad things in his life happened. It represents his his past. It represents the place of his pain. It 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 is it is the place or the land where his lack was exposed by the things his father did and the things his half brothers did. In other words, if we're going to remove the labels just like Jeff, we have to confront the past or the places where the labeling took place. Uh, we, we have to understand that just like Jeff, if I'm going to be able to move forward with what God has for my life, I have to deal with this past and where these labels came from. Paul says it like this in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. He says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. He says that I have to forget and look forward. Let, let, let's take them one by one. Forgetting is not the idea of pretending it did not happen. The word forgetting is the idea of to be inattentive to or to neglect or to overlook or to care nothing about. The idea is that I have to place no value in my current life, no importance on what happened in my past. The, the things that happened, the things that were done, ju just like uh, remember the story of Joseph. Joseph said, uh, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I have to see those things that happened in my past as under the blood. 
and I cannot place importance and value on who I am now based upon what was, but I have to, at the same time that I'm forgetting, I also have to focus forward. I have to move forward toward what God wants to do and where God is taking me and what God says about me, not just about what did and what happened back yonder. I have to, at the same time that I place no value on that, I have to value where he's taking me and what he wants to do in me at the same time. Well, pastor, you, you, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the hurt. You don't know the shame. You don't know the degradation. You don't know the abuse. I get it. That's why Romans 8 and 1 tells us that there's no condemnation that exists for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, whatever happened, whatever, whatever was done, it is now under and has been paid for. The, the penalty and the punishment has been taken on, has been taken onto Jesus for that thing. And you and I can no longer live in the here and now under the condemnation or the guilt or the pain of that past. There's now no penalty and no punishment for what happened. It may have happened, yes, but now that you and I are in Christ Jesus, now it does not it does not keep us from where God wants to take us. We don't live under a cloud of condemnation. And so I can look at, if I'm going to confront these things, if I'm going to remove these labels, I have to confront the past and I have to say, well, man, I sure did mess those things up. And man, I sure did operate in that foolishness. And, and I sure did do all that crazy stuff. And I don't understand why all this had to happen, but I give it to Jesus. I recognize what he's up to in my life. I recognize that he's still working on me. I see that I'm still operating in the fullness of what God has for me and and so I have may have done these things in my life and yet now it is under the blood of Jesus. And so I refuse to stay stuck on what happened and I'm ready to move forward in what God has. If we're going to confront these things, if we're going to remove these labels, we have to allow the confrontation of that past to happen with an understanding of where God is taking us. But then go back to verse 29. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jeff. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh and passed through Mizpah of Gilead. Now, remember, I told you that that, that same verb that, that appears as crossed the first time and passed through the second time, it's the same verb, but it's used in a different form. It's the idea of moved on or, or the idea of, of starting, starting a journey with an intent to finish. That makes sense when you put in, in context with what Mizpah is and what Mizpah was. The name Mizpah is a place name for a place uh, in this area of, the, where Gilead, of Gilead where Jeff was from. But the word Mizpah means a stronghold or a fort. So after Jeff deals mentally and spiritually with his past, he then has to deal with and begin a process of taking on the strongholds in his life. If you and I are going to remove the labels, we have to begin this process. We have to move on. We have to start taking on the strongholds. Well, what, what does taking on a stronghold look like, Pastor? Well, I'm real glad you asked. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. He says, for though we live in this world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought 
to make it obedient to Christ. Watch this. He says that we have to use weapons in order to demolish the strongholds. Well, what are our weapons? Paul says in Ephesians 6 and 18 that we have two weapons. We have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we have to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. We have the weapon of the Word of God, which reveals God's truth about us and the truth about God, and we have the ability to pray in the Spirit, whether that's in English or whether that's in a prayer language, is inconsequential to the verse. The issue is, am I taking it on? Am I using my prayer life in every circumstance and in every situation to not stay stuck in the thing that had a hold on my life, that was a stronghold in me, that was a fort that the enemy had built up in my life based upon somebody's words. Watch this. Paul says that we demolish the arguments and every pretension. In other words, every lie, every rationalization, every every bit of fake news that we've heard or believed or we think we have to replace them with what God's word says. We have to battle it with the sword of the spirit, praying in the spirit on every occasion to not be uh, 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 moved by the thing that set itself up in us as a stronghold so that as we confront the lies, and as we replace it with God's truth, and as we pray in the spirit, and as we recognize that God's at work, we can pull down the strongholds, we can demolish those things so that we can operate in what God says about us and how he focuses on us and how he, he intends to use us for the point of operating not in labels, but in truth. The Bible says, then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jeff. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh, passed through Mizpah of Gilead. And from there, he advanced against the Ammonites. Watch this. When he had that very real encounter with the spirit of God that caused him, that, that pushed him to confront his past. And that caused him to begin the process of taking down the strongholds. We can advance toward our destiny. We can advance toward the enemy. We can move against those obstacles that stand in our way from walking in the fullness of what God has ordained for our lives. Our God-ordained destiny awaits, but we have to begin the process of removing the labels. The Bible says Jeff had a real encounter with God, and from that, he got the directives on how to handle his past, with the Spirit of God helping him, he had the weapons that he needed to take on strongholds so that he could move in destiny. And my prayer is at this moment that you and I would have an encounter with the Spirit of God, that we would allow him to quit being passive in our lives and become an active partner and participant with us, that we would come to the end of our arguments come to the end of our rationalizations, come to the end of our pretend spirituality, and that we would honestly say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in me. Help me. Move in me. Reveal truth. Reveal what you really say about me so that I don't operate in these lies anymore. And I decree and declare by the power of the Spirit of God, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this from, I decree and declare the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I decree and declare 
according to his power, that he's helping us learn how to uh, put no value on how things were done or what was done to us or how we were mistreated or abused or called out of our name, but that we would see it not for who did it and how it hurt, but to see that God intended to bring great things from us because of what he kept us as we went through. And I pray and, and I decree and declare over our lives now a newness and a power that comes to move and advance toward the destiny that God has in our lives because we don't operate in labels anymore. And we do that because the Bible declares that we have this new relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've never asked Jesus to be your savior, this is a perfect time. You don't need a long prayer. You don't need an incantation. Jesus, I want you to save me. Come into my life. Stand up strong in me. Forgive me of my sin. Remove my labels. Deal with my issues. Help me figure out the strongholds and remove them in my life. But I want to belong to you. And when you belong to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if we let him in, the Bible says that he will come in and that he will fellowship with us. He, the, the idea is that he will have a meal with us. He'll share life with us. And that's why we take this time to pause and to remember what the Lord Jesus did on the cross for us. In this time of communion, the Bible says that it was there that Jesus, using the bread of the Passover, the unleavened bread, the, the picture of he who had no sin and knew no sin, that it was for our brokenness that he was broken. It was for what we would go through that he took on what it would mean to be in our lives. He, he paid the price. He was beaten, bruised. He took on our penalty for our sin. The Bible says that the chastisement of our peace, the price for our peace of mind, was taken, was beaten out of Jesus. So that when he took bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he said to them, this represents my body. This is me with you. This is me in you. Removing the strongholds, taking on the labels. This is me in you. This is my body broken for you. Let's take and eat together. The Bible says in the same manner, he took the cup. He blessed it. He broke it before he gave it to them. He says, this represents my blood, which will be shed to remove, to, to wipe away, to take off all of the sin. Whatever was in the past, there's now no condemnation because we stand rightly related to God because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He says... This is the blood of my covenant, which is shed for you. Let's take and drink together. We believe, as we have rightly understood and participated in a celebration of what Jesus has done for us, we believe that there is now forgiveness, there is now healing, even physical healing, 
And so right now is a point of contact. Stretch your hand towards your screen, your phone, uh, your device. And by the shed blood of Jesus, by the shared experience within the body of Christ, by our collective obedience to Him, we receive our healing, we receive our wholeness. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we stand rightly related to God in spirit, soul, and body. Let it be unto us according to our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody ought to give God praise because you stand forgiven, you stand healed, you stand whole, labels removed, and able to be what God says that you and I are to be. Hallelujah.